0: Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond.
1: And I'm Tiffany Bowie. Um, so Luke, I don't know if you've seen, but President Joan Gable's inauguration is coming up.
0: I did see that.
1: And so she made a point about it not being very fancy, and like a big deal and costing a lot of money. But I was wondering if you were inaugurated U of M president, what your inauguration would be like.
0: My inauguration uh, would be sponsored by Starbucks coffee. Uh, it would only be iced coffee. And we'd probably just play hits from the early 2000s. It's
1: like the most niche inauguration, but I would go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: It'd be a total bop. (laughs) So the story this week.
1: Right, the story this week. Um, If anybody follows me on Twitter, which not a lot of people do, um, uh, I announced that there would be a podcast episode coming today to follow up um, on the future-length story I and Dylan Anderson wrote about sexual harassment at the Humphrey. Um, that story is going to be postponed for production reasons. Um, and so this week, we have a in-depth headline roundup with lots of our other reporters in the newsroom.
0: And lots of new reporters who our listeners haven't heard from yet. So right. it was actually kind of fun to put together. Um, let's dive into that. Since time immemorial, dorm food has been synonymous with bad food. But the food served in the dining halls at University of Minnesota could be getting an upgrade soon. This story from student government reporter Samantha Hendrickson.
2: The University of Minnesota has had an over 20-year relationship with the current food contractor, Aramark.
0: Samantha said students have been complaining about Aramark's food since the contract began in 1998. The complaints ranged from paying attention
2: to food allergies
0: to lack of vegan and vegetarian options
2: and then overall food quality and healthy options
0: for students as well.
2: So this has been a student issue for a long time.
0: The complaints never really found traction until
2: 2016 when MSA conducted this big survey campus wide is really when things started to get off the ground.
0: The University of Minnesota Student Government, or MSA, made it one of their causes to oust Aramark.
2: Mina Kean, the president, the current president of MSA, spoke to the Minnesota Daily, saying if she had to give Aramark a grade, she would give them an F.
0: MSA had two big issues with Aramark. The first,
2: the food quality, the amount of options for students who do have allergies, who are vegan or vegetarian and who do require for religious reasons or cultural reasons, halal options and kosher in their food.
0: And the second,
2: MSA also finds Aramark to be an unethical company that does not reflect the values of the university and does not reflect the values of the
0: students. It turns out that Aramark has been at the center of more than one controversy. For instance, at New York University,
2: they had a Black History Month menu that was dropped and had a ton of obvious issues with it was very stereotypical it was called out as racist
0: and apparently aramark also provides food for prisons and in the past couple years there have been protests by the prisoners about the quality of the food
2: there's been talk of maggots in the food
0: so msa has no desire to continue the university's relationship with aramark instead they'd rather see one of two things happen
2: They are more interested in an RFP, a request for proposal, which would outline a new contract with all of the current priorities of the students regarding dining to be either a new contractor or they would like to advocate for self-operation, which means that the university would provide its own food services, its own catering around campus.
0: The vote to renew the university's contract with Aramark is coming up in December and Samantha said the administration appears to be listening to the student complaints. Instead of just renewing the contract, the university vice president has asked for a two-year extension to consider the renewal.
2: And to take that two years to draft an RFP, that request for proposal, or to possibly go into plans for self-operation.
0: So there's a chance that the freshman who started this semester could be eating food sourced from a different company and possibly University of Minnesota before they graduate?
2: If the extension is approved the next two years, Aramark will likely still be around. A food contract is not something that can turn over very quickly. But, you know, once those freshmen become juniors, it's possible. Our second
1: story is from campus activities editor Michelle Griffith. It began near the end of summer when Michelle received multiple emails from concerned graduate students.
3: They said, hey, I was trying to register for classes this fall semester, and I saw that this professor, um, who I thought wasn't supposed to be teaching, is teaching this class. And I didn't know about it until I saw it on one stop, and I'm concerned, and I would kind of like you to look into it Michelle. The professor's name was Gianluigi Vaglia. He is a tenured professor in the department of biochemistry, molecular biology, and biophysics. He teaches this course called nuclear magnetic resonance um, and it's a class that teaches students a very specific skill set um, and he is, he's one of the few professors in, at the university who can teach that course. And in 2017, students made complaints against him. They were complaints of sexual harassment. They said that um, he allegedly made sexual comments towards students. He indicated that he would like to date students. And um, Vaglia denied all these allegations. But the university investigated them. And they found that um, Vaglia violated the university's sexual harassment policy in two separate accounts.
1: Despite these findings, the department did not fire Vaglia.
3: No, he was not terminated. But the department decided uh, collectively that they were not going to have him teach that class in the 2018-2019 year, last year.
1: The 2018-19 school year came and went. Vaglia did not teach nuclear magnetic resonance. However, at the beginning of this school year,
3: graduate students discovered he was slated to run the class come fall. So the graduate students were freaked out. Um, They all sent each other messages and said, Hey, Vagley is teaching again. This is weird. And then a lot of the older graduate students went to faculty members and said, Hey, this guy is teaching. I thought he wasn't supposed to be teaching. What is going on?
1: The students didn't know how administrators would respond. So they waited.
3: And then the course was canceled. The department listened to the students. They said, um, we hear you. We understand. Um, we want to be. We want to make sure you're comfortable in every teaching environment. So we're going to take away the class. Faglia was removed from
1: teaching the course again, and because he was one of the few professors qualified to teach it, the course had to be canceled.
3: Um, yeah. So the students kind of had a mixed response. Like we're happy that they're not that he's not teaching the class, but like this is kind of just showing that there's still a problem here.
0: Our last story comes from Minnesota Daily reporter Taylor Schroeder, who covers cops and courts.
4: Well, this story begins when um, probably early in the morning on September 12th, um, everyone received a notification about an attempted abduction on 6th Street in Marcy Holmes.
0: The notification she's talking about are the university crime alerts. They pop up in your inbox. Maybe you read them. Probably you don't. And next time you clean out your inbox, you delete them. This story begins with one of those crimes.
4: Right away, it was a very big deal in Marcy Homes. Um, the Marcy Homes Neighborhood Association pretty much immediately scheduled a meeting um, held at First Congregational Church that would invite like the city council member for the ward and... The second precinct police officers um, have a big meeting discussing the problem.
0: At the meeting, the second precinct inspector gets up, starts talking about the crime.
4: So in the safety notification, everyone just was told where it was. Like it was a woman, and the abductor was wearing like a blue hoodie and sweatpants. Um, but at the meeting, he was able to tell a little bit more about how the woman was a college student at the University of Minnesota who was taking out her trash at 7 a.m. in the morning when a person came up from behind her and put their hand around her mouth and she started fighting them off. Um, When she was able to fight him off, she screamed and they took off
0: off the premises. This wasn't the first violent crime to be committed this year in Marcy Holmes or on that property or even in that parking lot.
4: Two other major events that happened in 2019 were actually at the same address um, on 6th Street in Marcy Holmes. Um, that occurred in the back parking lot of that apartment building. The first one, the police um, got a warrant to enter the apartment complex and a room where they found um, an unlicensed firearm and narcotics. The second event was a shooting that occurred in which they had a meeting and then decided to meet with the management of that apartment building to make some requests regarding their security system.
0: If I'm a student who is hearing about this chain of events in Marcy Holmes, it seems like a logical conclusion to come to would be that Marcy Holmes isn't a safe neighborhood. Is that a statement that you'd agree with?
4: I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I feel like perception may be that it's dangerous, but in reality, crime is really cyclical. Even um, Inspector Loining at the meeting commented that the number of calls received from that specific address were not an alarming or bad amount of calls. It's just these very visible crimes have made people wary or anxious about Um, crime in the neighborhood and the fact that they're concentrated in that parking lot.
0: What can students learn from the crime that's happening in Marcy homes to keep themselves safe?
4: Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember is when you receive these notifications, they are real events that happened. And so the important thing is to stay alert of your surroundings and um, walk in with a group of people and most importantly, like look out for suspicious activity because we can't rely on the police to, to see everything that happens and to respond immediately. If you see something, um, make a call if you're worried because it really is a community effort to be accountable to what's happening around you.
0: This episode was produced, reported, and edited by me, Luke Diamond, and was co-reported by Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Special thanks to Samantha Hendrickson, Michelle Griffith, and Taylor Schroeder. Check out their full stories online at mndaily.com. Keep listening to us on iTunes or Spotify or whatever app you're listening to us on now. And also check out episode three of the Minnesota Daily's new sports podcast, The Weekly Rundown. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.